So recently I've been waking up on the right side of the bed a lot. Some of you will recognize that expression. I don't know if that expression exists all over the world, but, but here in the United States, if someone wakes up and they're grouchy or they're in a bad mood throughout the day, people will ask them, did you wake up on the wrong side of the bed? If people are in a good mood, they said, oh, you must have woken up on the right side of the bed. I've been waking up on the right side of the bed. We use that statement, that idiom, I guess is what it's called here in the U.S. all the time, but it is actually not from our culture. It's not a exclusive to the United States in its origins. It's from the, the Roman Empire, all the way back in the Roman Empire. The Romans had a superstition that the left side of the bed was the wrong side. Thus, if they got out of bed on the left side of the bed, they, would, they believed that they would have a bad day. And that's how we ended up with saying to people, if they have a bad day, you must have gotten up on the wrong side of the bed. So as I was saying, I've been waking up on the right side of the bed. I've been waking up in... in surprisingly good moods, more than, than normal. I had a morning where I woke up at 5.38. Another morning where I woke up at 6.03. Another morning where I woke up at 4.47. Recently, I had a morning where I woke up at 3.19 in the morning and never went back to sleep. And it was still the right side of the bed. I was still in a good mood. How is this possible. Psychologists have determined that, that waking up on the right side or the wrong side of the bed is all about the choices that one makes. Now, they disagree on what these choices are. Some psychologists say that, that it's about planning your day the night before. So planning your tomorrow the night before. So before you go to bed, plan your tomorrow, and when you wake up, you'll be in a better mood. Others say it's about setting your goals the, the night before so that, so that you have a task list in your brain, which is similar to the other one. Some psychologists say it's about getting enough exercise the day before. Consistent daily exercise, they say, helps you to wake up on the right side of the bed every day. And there are even some that, that, that believe in that that thing that's out there now called the feng shui, or I don't even know how to, how to say it. But when a room is set up right, and they still go with the superstition of the old Roman Empire, and they say it's actually best to get out of bed on the right side of the bed rather than the left side of the bed, and this will help you have a better day. That seems odd to me. I read somewhere that if you, if you stretch, do stretches before you go to bed at night, in the morning you'll wake up happier. All of them say it's about choices. One thing that they are consistent about, though, is this, that people that wake up earlier, early risers, are often people that would be defined as waking up on the right side of the bed. And that leads to the choice that I've recently made in my life, a choice that I've been making, I should say, in my life, on a more consistent basis. And that choice is this. I've been going to bed at a normal human hour time period. 
So I've been falling asleep at reasonable times as well. I've recently fallen asleep as early as 8.30 at night. And, and most nights, I'm not falling asleep any later than 10.30 at night. Some of you that have know me and, and my colleagues could tell you, they've received emails from me at 2 or 3 in the morning. And that's not because I've woken up at 2 or 3 in the morning, but because that's when I'm still awake and working and doing other things. But I've made a choice recently to go to bed when normal people go to bed. That's the choice that I've made. Choices impact if we wake up on the wrong side of the bed or the right side of the bed. Psychologists say choices impact which side of the bed you wake up on. And today we're talking about the resurrection. And we want to wake up on the right side of the resurrection, not the wrong side. And when I speak about that, I'm not talking about the resurrection of Jesus, though we will get to that in a moment, but, but the resurrection of humanity. For some of you, this may be a surprise. Not all of you, but for, for some of you, this might surprise you. Every person that dies on this earth, every person that, that goes to sleep in the ground on this earth will live again. Will live again. All the good people will live again. All the bad people will live again. All the in-between people will live again. Nice people and mean people, Jesus followers and Jesus haters, your friends, your enemies, everybody will live again. We often focus only on those who have died in Christ. That means having made a decision to be followers of Jesus as living again. The famous Bible text that we quote for this is, of course, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 16, which tells us, For the Lord himself will descend or will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ, that means the followers of Jesus, will rise first. The dead in Christ will rise first. And we often think of that word first as speaking of those that will start floating up to the sky first to meet Jesus. We, we equate it to, to, the, to the first step in this resurrection because the very next line in the Bible is this. Then we who are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So in other words, the dead in Christ will rise first and second, we will go up. But is the first talking about the first who go up in the sky, or is it talking about those who are first resurrected? The first could mean that these are the first to be raised from the ground. In other words, that there is a second group to be raised from the ground also. And this is the part that we don't spend a lot of time talking about. If you want to open your Bibles with me to the book of Revelation, chapter 20, verses 4 and 5. Revelation chapter 20, verses 4 and 5. And we'll look at this. 
Now, Revelation chapter 20 is talking about the time right after the, the, right at, after the second coming, and we'll, we'll, I'll explain that a little more. But Revelation chapter 20, verses 4 and 5. Now, now understand there is some symbolic apocalyptic language in this passage, but I will break that down for us and get to the gist of the text, the, the, the point of the text that I want, want to draw out for you. Revelation chapter 20, verses 4 and 5. Then I saw thrones, and seated on them were those to whom the authority to judge was committed. And I also I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for the testimony of Jesus and for the word of God, and who had not worshipped the beast or its image, and not received its mark on their foreheads or their hands. They came to life and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. Reigned with Christ for a thousand years. Let me, let me pause there and and summarize this. Satan is bound in the abyss. That means where he can't tempt or wreak havoc in the lives of humanity or anyone else. And he is in that place for a thousand years. And this thousand years starts at the second coming of Jesus. Right after that text we read in 1 Thessalonians, the dead in Christ shall rise first. And then we who are alive and remain shall join them and meet them in the air to be with the Lord. That, that is when the thousand years starts. How do we know this? Well, the last line of verse 5 here in Revelation chapter 20. This is the first resurrection. Remember, the dead in Christ shall rise first. That's, what, that's when this happens. This thousand years takes place or begins at the first resurrection. Remember, the dead in Christ will rise first. Now in verse 5, there is also a parenthetical statement. Some of your Bibles actually have parentheses around it. The rest of the dead did not come to life until the thousand years were ended. Well, who are the rest of the dead? The rest of the dead will not come to life until the thousand years are ended. Well, who are the rest of the dead? The answer to that is in the next few verses. Revelation chapter 20, verses 7 and 8. And when the thousand years are ended, Satan will be released from his prison and will come out to deceive the nations. So Satan's been bound. In other words, he's not been in any place where he can tempt anybody. He can, can go visit other planets or anything else like that. Satan is bound, and, and, but then he's released and he will come out to deceive the nations that are at the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them for battle. Their number is like the sand of the sea. Okay, who are the nations? Who are them? And who, what is the number of the sand of the sea? It's the group that was mentioned in that parenthetical statement in verse 5. The rest of the dead did not come to life till the thousand years were ended. Whether you're good or you're bad, if you die on this earth, you will live again. Whether you're kind or you're mean, if you die on this earth, you will live again. Now, two different, two different resurrections. One's waking up on the, the right side of the bed, and one's waking up on the wrong side of the bed. If we look at the first group, they, they wake up to reign with Christ for a thousand years. That sounds like the right side of the bed. 
The Bible says in verse 6, Blessed and holy is the one who shares in this first resurrection. Over such the second death has no power. They will be priests of God and of Christ, and they will reign with him for a thousand years. Blessed and holy are those who reign with God. Blessed and holy are those who, who have a part of this first resurrection. That is waking up on the right side of the resurrection. On the other side, though, those that wake up on the wrong side of the bed, on the wrong side of the resurrection. The Bible says that they try to surround the city of God, but fire comes down and consumes them. We definitely say that is a bad day. That is waking up on the wrong side of the resurrection. either on the wrong side of the bed or on the right side of the bed, everybody that dies on this earth will wake up again, either on the wrong side or on the right side. Now, now I want to say something about this text. We don't want to build a whole theology just on, on one text, and so I want to show you another place in the Bible where it actually talks about this, and that is in the book of John. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. John is the fourth of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. And in John chapter 5, verses 25 through 29, listen to this. Truly, truly, I say to you, the hour, an hour is coming and is now here when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God, and those who hear will live. For as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son also to give to have life in himself. And he has given him authority to execute judgment because he is the son of man. And now listen to this, verse 28. Do not marvel at this, for an hour is coming when all, did you hear that? When all who are in the tombs will hear his voice and come out. Those who have, now listen to this, those who have done good to the resurrection of life, those who wake up on the right side of the bed to the resurrection of life, and those who have done evil to the resurrection of judgment. But all who die on this earth will live again. Everyone will wake up. But we will wake up either on the right side of the bed or the wrong side of the bed. Now you could ask, and this is a logical question, Chad, what does this have to do with Easter? Well, Easter is... A, a, an event that a weekend that is centered around two major events the two major events in Christianity the death of Jesus and the resurrection of Jesus all that we talk about on this weekend all that all that we just talked about I should say waking up on the right side of the resurrection or on the wrong side of the resurrection waking up on the right side of the bed or the wrong side of the bed, all of what we just talked about hinges on what happened on, on that Friday and that Sunday almost 2,000 years ago. Let's start with the latter event, the, the resurrection of Jesus from the grave. We believe that, that Jesus was born, he lived on this earth, he was killed, he died, he was in the grave for three days, and he rose on the third day. He was raised back to life. 
And because Jesus was raised to life, because he overcame the grave, as we say, because he was, he conquered death, as we like to say, we can all have hope to wake up on the right side of the bed, on the right side of the resurrection. Listen to what Ephesians chapter 1, verses 18 through 20 says. In order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. So, so how... So how can we know the hope which God has called us? The riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. How can we know about, about the riches that God has for us as our inheritance in the kingdom of God as, as his people? So that we can un know his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly realms. Here the Bible is telling us that we can understand the hope that God has for us, the, the inheritance that God has for us, the power that God has for us by believing in and understanding the resurrection. Because, because it is that power that raised Jesus from the dead that gives us hope. It is that power that raised Jesus from the dead that assures us of our inheritance in heaven. It is that power that raised Jesus from the dead that, that gives us our strength to overcome here on this earth. The resurrection is, is so vital as believers in Christ. And because of the resurrection, Jesus is preparing a blessing for all humanity. But that blessing, that inheritance, that power, that hope is dependent upon this. A choice. A choice. Lately, I've been waking up on the right side of the bed in a really good mood. And, and I attribute it to a choice. In this sense, going to bed earlier. But there's another event that happened that, that Easter weekend. And, and this is about the choice. This is, this is, determines whether or not we wake up on the right side of the resurrection or on the wrong side of the resurrection. Because that other event that happened almost 2,000 years ago it is that determining choice that we have to make. John chapter 19, verses 16 through 18, the Bible says, So the soldiers took charge of Jesus, carrying his own cross. He went out to the place of the skull, which in Aramaic is called Golgotha, and there they crucified him. There they put Jesus to death. They crucified him. They hung him on a piece of wood, nailing his wrists and his feet to the cross, placing a crown of thorns upon his head, before he even actually got to the cross, though, they, they lashed him 40 times minus one till his, his back was split open. He was crucified for us because the Bible says the wages of sin is death. The wages of sin is death. In other words, the cost for my sin is death. Now, I'm the one that deserves death for my sin, for my pride, for my 
impatience with my children, for my gossip, for my laziness, for my lust, for my lack of sacrificial uh, service to God and to his community, for my bitterness. The Bible says that, that the wages of sin is death. And so I deserve all that. But Jesus came and he said, I will take that death upon me. I will pay the price. In other words, Jesus says, I wiped out, wiped out the responsibility that Chad has to pay the price for his sins. And now all Chad has to do is make a choice. And that is John chapter 3 and verse 16. John chapter 3 and verse 16. And there in your homes, if you would, if you'll, if you'll say it with me, and I'm going to go King James style. For God so loved the world that whoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Sorry, I forgot the most important line. What I forget. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. What does that mean God gave? It means Jesus' death was given to pay the wages of my sin. Jesus' death was given to pay the wages of your sin. So that we would have a choice of whether or not we are going to wake up on the right side of the resurrection or the wrong side of the resurrection. Waking up on the right side or the wrong side is conditional though. It is a choice. And in, that, in the Bible, that choice is called believing. Not just knowing something, not just having an assent to knowledge, as Ellen White says, or having an intellectual belief, as, as she also states, but believing in your heart that Jesus is Lord, that Jesus is what you need, is that Jesus is in charge of your life. Romans chapter 10 and verse 9 says this, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, choose in your heart, that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And one more, back to the actual text that, that talks about the two resurrections. Listen to this. Again, John chapter five. Truly, truly, I say to you, the hour is coming and is now here when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. For as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son also to have life in himself. And he has given him authority to execute judgment because he is the son of man. Do not marvel at this. For an hour is coming, and remember this again, when all who are in the tombs will hear his voice and come out. In other words, the power of the resurrection of Jesus is so strong, it will wake up everybody who dies on this earth. All who are in the tombs will hear his voice and come out. Those who have done good to the resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of judgment. How does this happen? 
Well, if we go one verse earlier in ver- than we just started in verse 24, look at what it says. Truly, I, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He does not come into judgment, but has passed from death into life. Has passed from death into life. It's a choice. Those who choose to believe with all their heart that what God said about Jesus is true. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Follow him. Listen to him. Obey him. Trust him as your savior. To those who believe those words of God, not just mentally, but but in their, their hearts, confess with their mouth, believe in their hearts. They pass from death to life. They wake up on the right side of the bed, so to speak, the right side of the resurrection. But those who, who know about Jesus, but never allow him to be Lord of their life, they choose to be in charge of themselves. They choose to say, God, I got this. They choose to say, God, I love you, but I don't want to surrender my life to you. They also will wake up, but they wake up to judgment and destruction. That choice is a desire that God himself puts in you. All of us actually have that desire planted in us to choose Jesus. But, but we have to allow Jesus to grow that desire in us. Don't fight it. Don't, don't shut it out. Don't let the world crowd it out. I've been waking up on the right side of the bed a lot lately, and it is because of a choice. I want to wake up on the right side of the resurrection. The the power of the resurrection promises me that I will wake up. But the choice of the cross determines whether I will wake up on the right side or the wrong side of the resurrection. So choose today to allow Jesus to be Lord of your life and wake up to the blessings and the hope and the inheritance and the glory and the power that Jesus has prepared for you. Choose today, Jesus, and wake up on the right side of the resurrection. Let's pray. Jesus, this weekend we we talk a lot about, hopefully about the resurrection and the cross. Hopefully it's more about that than it is about all the secular things of Easter. And we always as churches focus on this, but but Jesus, right now I want to pray. I want to pray right now that each person listening to my voice will, will choose in their hearts to allow you to be Lord of their lives.
Maybe they've been struggling with some sin. Maybe they've been they've had some goal, some, some objective, and that's really been the Lord of their life. Maybe their money has been Lord of their life. Maybe their career has been Lord of their life. Maybe their vanity has been Lord of their life. Maybe, Lord, them trying to save themselves has been Lord of their life. I pray, Jesus, that you'll just convict hearts right now to trust in you and to to make the choice for you. And that you'll be first, last, and everything in their lives, Jesus. Lord, and when we make that simple choice, it's amazing, but, but, but you've done all the work. You died. You paid the price. And if we just make that simple choice to reach out the hand of faith, to allow you to be Lord of our lives, we are guaranteed to wake up on the right side of the resurrection. So Lord, I choose that today for me, and I pray for my brothers and sisters listening that they will make that choice also to choose you, Jesus, and to wake up on the right side of the resurrection. In your name we pray. Amen.